Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, hello. It's good to talk to you again. I assume that you checked out yesterday's podcast and you and I have been talking on a daily basis now. It is Wednesday, a little bit afternoon here in Pittsburgh. I'm in my basement. Got my laptop all set up on the bar at my bar stool. You should be on the other side of the bar just chatting, talking football. But unfortunately, we need to open today's show with some bad news for the Vikings. Um, Teddy, Brid- Teddy Bridgewater's injury, I'm sure you've heard about it by now. Uh, he is probably out for the season. As they said, it's a severe knee injury. Um, t- tragic, you know I mean? This is a big deal. I mean, there's no way around that. Uh, Sean Hill is the backup. The injury occurred at practice, non-contact. They actually ended practice, you know, after it happened. And there was an ambulance that came. I mean, crazy. I mean, considering he didn't even get hit or, you know, like I said, non-contact. It just went down and shredded his knee. Um, so let's talk about the Vikings. Let's talk about Bridgewater first. What is he, you know? And this is going to sound critical and... Because I'm not the biggest Teddy Bridgewater fan. I will say to start things though that he's been very good this preseason. He looks like he's taken a step forward before this injury. I think that Minnesota had plans of putting more on his plate maybe this year. But what he's been to this point to me is an accurate passer that is a lot more... Alex Smith-like than he is franchise quarterback slash put-the-team-on-your-back type of player. And the biggest problem with him is he's physically limited. He's a skinnier, thinner guy that doesn't have a great arm. And particularly playing in the North, you know, that, that, that can be an issue with wins and whatnot. He doesn't always take chances or drive the ball down the field. Um, working against him, he was under pressure probably more than any quarterback in the league last year. I also don't know how well he fits the Norv Turner offense. I mean, you think about Norv Turner, you think about Aikman and Rivers and strong-arm downfield pocket passers. And Bridgewater's certainly much more pocket passer than he is athlete, although he can run around for sure and he can make plays with his legs. But They've really missed the vertical element. I mean, Mike Wallace was there, and they couldn't convert that. And Wallace, I think, is at least as much to blame no matter what. But Bridgewater's never been a great deep passer or a power thrower by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, his ability to throw the football is what hampers him the most. Um, yeah, remember, remember a lot was made when he came out of school about the glove and the pro work, or the uh, his pro day and all those things. And, and we laugh about that now, and it is kind of silly. But there's something for be said for a scout sitting there 
watching a quarterback throw, you know, uh, live and saying, wow, you know, he, he doesn't throw the ball that well. You know, he doesn't drive the ball on out routes or, you know, long routes across the field. However, like I said, I think he's a very hard worker. I think he's progressing mentally. I think he has a future where, I mean, certainly a NFL starting quarterback and, you know, he's always been a bit of a caretaker. Doesn't throw many, inter- doesn't throw a ton of interceptions, but doesn't throw many touchdowns. Of course, it's been a very, you know, I, I'm often asked about Bridgewater, Mariota, Winston, Carr, and Bortles. And I always say Bridgewater doesn't belong in that conversation. He's a distant fifth to me whenever you're talking about the next generation of top quarterbacks. So, Sounds like I'm being negative on the guy, and you know I, he's got enough bad things going. I'm not that he cares what I think, but you know the, I, I'm not saying, boy, he's not much of a loss. You know, Sean Hill comes in, and it's pretty obvious what the Vikings have to do now, and that's going to be a very Peterson-centric running game, offense in general, and it probably would have been anyways. You know, Peterson loves a fullback, you know, an old school rushing attack, blocking tight ends, and. You know, let's go to their offensive line a little bit. We talked about that. They released Sullivan, who we talked about might be might get traded. The line looks like it's upgraded. You know, Alex Boone's a good player. It looked very deep a couple weeks ago, and now Lodeholt is retired and Sullivan's gone. All of a sudden, I don't think that this is a potentially upper-tier line like I thought it could be before. I thought it could be in, like, that 5 to 10 range of, you know, offensive lines in the league. Now I think it's very mediocre, heavier bodies, you know, Boone and Andre Smith, you know, they're built for run blocking. So I think protection is going to be an issue. Left tackle is a problem. It just has been since, you know, basically Khalil's rookie year. So I I think Hill is obviously going to have to hand the ball to Peterson a lot. Maybe get McKinnon involved quite a bit with some short dump-off throws for him on third and long or third and medium situations. They could certainly use Treadwell stepping up. I mean, he's an intermediate receiver that would be helpful. And Charles Johnson apparently has looked good, and he's done some good things in the preseason. Uh, So I don't think this is crippling. However, you know, what did I think of the Vikings before this injury? Well, in, in the NFC... I think in no specific order, and we might, we might do a power rankings here soon, by the way. Seattle, Arizona, Green Bay, Carolina are all better than the Vikings with a healthy Teddy Bridgewater. And I probably would put the Vikings fourth then, or fifth then in the NFC with him. Um, does that change now? Do they get worse? Certainly. But I'm not sure who's better. You know, <laughs> NFC East... I'm not impressed with any of those teams. I mean, Maybe I would have said Dallas before the Romo injury, but I don't think I can say that now. How about in the rest of the division? I'm really worried about Chicago. I don't think Chicago is going to be good at all this year. Detroit might be an equal team to Minnesota now. I could make that argument. You know, I think the Lions are pretty solid on both sides of the ball. In the South... Whew, Saints defense is bad. They just picked up Paul Kruger, by the way. Maybe that works out. They desperately need some pass rush help. Uh, but their defense is bad. Uh, I think their offense will be very good. I think their defense will be very bad. I can't give the nod to Tampa or... 
Atlanta either. So I think Minnesota is better than three of the, the southern teams too. Absolutely can't give the nod to the Niners or the Rams. So in the end, I think I had the Vikings ranked fifth in the AFC or in the NFC, and they're probably still there. So do they have a really good shot at the playoffs still? Yeah, you know, I think so. I think they're one of the top four or five defenses in the league with a a lot of first-round picks and young talent on that side of the ball. A very good defensive mind leading things for them, obviously, in Zimmer. Uh, I think that defense will be great. I think the line, like I said, should be a little improved on offense. I don't think Peterson's going to fall off a cliff. I'm not sure he's is what he used to be, but I still think he's a great player. Um, probably the best pure runner in the league still. Probably. I mean, Gurley might be now. Um, and again, McKinnon is a nice safety blanket compliment guy, and I think their weapons are improved. And that's with Sean Hill. Does that mean Sean Hill has to be the starter for the Vikings, though? I wouldn't. You know, I know it's very late in the process, but you're going to have to add somebody anyways. You know, who who is that going to be? You know, the name I keep getting asked on Twitter last night was Mark Sanchez. I have a hard time endorsing Sanchez in any way, shape, or form. And really, the Vikings are going to have to be the Broncos of the NFC now. You know, that they need a quarterback that doesn't make mistakes. And it goes back to the same discussion you and I had yesterday or you know earlier in the week about Simeon versus Sanchez. You can't have the mistake. That, you just can't make the mistakes that Sanchez does if you're going to play that style of game and win 16 to 10 every week. You know, there's just a lot less room for error. I don't like that fit. Geno Smith probably would be free or close to it. Same as Sanchez. I still think he has a chance to be an NFL contributor. I still think he has value. Do you have to rebuild him from the ground up, though? I mean, how quickly could he help the Vikings get to be a better team? I have my doubts there. But he's better than nothing. I mean, if it costs you a seventh-round pick or he gets cut at the end of the, end of the process, okay. Um, Aaron Murray makes a little bit of sense. He would he would have some of the same problems in that he doesn't fit the Norv Turner verticality. He's certainly a caretaker type, um, but I don't think he would kill you on game day with turnovers and mistakes. So that part is beneficial. Again, he would come pretty cheap, young. You know, maybe his best football's ahead of him. Maybe Mike Lennon. I don't think they're at all anxious to move on from Glennon, but I'm almost sure that he becomes a free agent after the year. Clearly, he's not going to challenge Winston. They're probably looking at him like he's cheap labor, though, and he's a quality number two, and they've got a lot invested in him. They probably want something substantial for him. And I think on Minnesota, I'm asking about that. I don't know that I give up a third. I certainly would. I would give up a fourth. I would not give up a second. With the intentions of trade for Glennon right now, sign him immediately to, what, a three-year deal, something like that, with the thought of, he's our long-term backup here, but, you know, I I think in Minnesota, no matter what this offseason, you need to bring in a quarterback, so maybe you do it now as opposed to then, uh, to be... Not Bridgewater's, Bridgewater's backup slash, let's just say, push him a little bit. Now, I'm not saying challenge him for the starting job in 2017, but push him a little bit. 
Glennon is somebody that would be interesting to me because he is the tall pocket passer, big arm, has flashed in this league. I liked a lot of things he's done as a rookie. Not a lot to evaluate since, though. So he, he's not a slam dunk by any stretch of the imagination, of course. Guy I like the best, and I talk about, this, talk about him a lot, is Josh McCown. I have no doubt that the Browns would entertain trading him. Um, he, like I said, I mean, their formula is very obvious. They want picks, but he hasn't been traded yet. You know, there was talk about Denver a while back. There was talk about Dallas before Prescott really emerged. And maybe, I mean, maybe one of these guys ends up in Dallas still with Romo's situation. Um, but I think Josh McCown's an NFL starting quarterback. You know, that's pretty high praise. I mean, there's only 25 of them in the world, maybe 30, you know, some teams might have one or two. You know, that's, that's not, that's a commodity. You know I mean? McCown, I think would improve this, this offense. I mean, McCown to Hill isn't close to me. I would much rather have McCown. I think he's a better downfield passer than Bridgewater. I'm not saying McCown is better than Bridgewater, but I don't think if they got McCown in there in a couple weeks, and he played as well as he did at his best point with the Browns. Not that six-game stretch with the Bears where he was insane. He was amazing. Or that awful stretch with Tampa Bay. You know, I almost feel like those two cancel everything out when you look at McCown's career. Um, one was extremely bad and one was extremely good in back-to-back seasons. But if he plays as he did with the Browns, I think the Vikings are a competitive team. Playoff-worthy. Maybe win a playoff game. Season's not ruined. And maybe you keep him for next year, too. And then he moves on his way, and you groom somebody or see how Teddy's doing at that point. So that's what I would do if I were the Vikings. Um, it, it's bad news. Um, my buddy my buddy Jeff texted me this morning. He's like, man, you know, he's just an, he's an NFL fan. You know, he's a fantasy player and loves the Steelers and all those things. And he's texting me. He's like, man, the, the NFL community's acting like, you know, Teddy Bridgewater's Dan Marino. You know, I mean, he's a he's a check down guy. He's replaceable. He's promising. You feel bad for him. He's young, but he'll probably rebound and be, you know, a, a very good quarterback or, you know, a, a NFL starting quarterback for the rest of his career. But it's not like, boy, the offense is totally driven by Teddy Bridgewater and the all the playbook is written up to for him to just control it. You know, it's it's not like that with him and. So I think he's replaceable. I basically didn't think the Vikings were a Super Bowl contender either way, but they were the right outside the Super Bowl contender conversation. Now I think they've taken one step back but are still a playoff team. Of course, if you want to hear more on the Bridgewater situation, go to Locked on Vikings. Um, if you're Do this for no matter who your favorite team is. Go to the Locked on Network. Um, but I wanted to mention too, you know, you want to go to a Vikings game, you got to call SeatGeek. You know, we, we we're getting some, some serious sponsorship here with the Locked On Network and, you know, getting huge sponsors like SeatGeek. I mean, these guys are phenomenal at what they do. You know, you're going to try to get the games this year. They're right around the corner. You know, we're going to try to ignore week four in some degree, and then we're just going to buzz right into week one and we're going to go guns a blazing. And what's better about it now is it's mobile-friendly. It's an easy experience. The ticket is delivered in the app. How cool is that? Walk to the gate with a barcode from the SeatGeek app. I mean, you show them your phone at, at the gate. There's no paper. 
Uh, deal score, rating on every ticket from 1 to 100, tell you what kind of bang for your buck you get for the tickets. There's a $20 rebate on tickets with our promo code. When someone enters your promo code, our promo code is LO, locked on, and then the team name is NFL. So if you use that, you get $20 rebate. That's a no-brainer. I mean, $50 ticket, you get for 30 bucks. That's a great, great deal. When they purchase the first ticket, they won't see the rebate, and then they will receive it in the mail. Just an FYI about that. But... And, and then you get an email after your purchase. So there are price alerts. Sign up for price alerts for events. We'll let you know what the pricing is for an event. Prices can drop as you get closer to a game. And SeatGeek will let you know if the ticket is in your price range. It's great stuff. So check out SeatGeek. Use the promo code L-O-N-F-L. Another thing you should be checking out, and maybe you've had your fantasy draft. A lot of them are happening like crazy right now this time of year. I'm doing mine this upcoming weekend. I actually met a bunch of my high school buddies. Uh, I mentioned one of them. He's a commish, actually. We go away, and we basically get a cabin in the mountains for the entire Labor Day weekend. I go up Saturday, spend Saturday night, Sunday night. Some of my buds go up Friday, spend three nights there, uh, especially the ones without kids. And we have a blast. I mean, it's like the best weekend of the year. You know, we, we hang with all my high school, you know, my, my best buds from high school and the draft experience is like, you know, five hours long. We get pizzas, we cook steaks. I mean, it's phenomenal. I, I will make sure I take a picture of my team when it's done and I will post it on Facebook for or not on Facebook, on Twitter for you guys. But in the meantime, you really need to be checking on the Locked On Fantasy podcast too, especially this week. Um, get Vinny Iyer's opinion on players. If you already picked your team, I'm sure he'll be talking about guys on your team, what he thinks of them. He knows his stuff. And he'll be giving you a lot of draft knowledge between now and this upcoming weekend, too. I mean, to me, this weekend coming up is the time to do it. I mean, what if you had Teddy Bridgewater and you drafted Teddy Bridgewater? You know, I mean, uh, chances are there's going to be no more major injuries between now and opening day or very, very few. Um, maybe I will do a couple little fantasy nuggets this is not a fantasy show at all but i was thinking thursday or friday maybe i'll do it as a fantasy nugget or two but something that's somewhat fantasy related and i want to talk about the chiefs bears game this past weekend jamal charles still isn't clearly the starter in kansas city per reports that he's coming back slow and the report is he's not the feature back yet this is a little frightening. I mean, I think Charles could be a Hall of Famer. I mean, I really do. I mean, his yards per carry is unbelievable. He's been, if it wasn't for Adrian Peterson I mean, and Lynch, he's probably the best back of this generation. A game changer. Has been phenomenal. Has put up some unbelievable seasons. But when you're a little bit smaller guy and semi, you know, speed reliant, obviously he does a lot of other things besides just run fast. But when you get you know, an injury or slightly nicked up or you're now your explosiveness and speed is 85% of what it was at its very best, you could fall off a planet, you know, and I wonder if that's where Charles is, you know, if the Chiefs are saying, boy, he's not going to be dangerous like he was, and maybe he still will be, but you would think by now at this stage of the injury, age aside, that he would clearly be the guy in, in Kansas City. And apparently that's not true. So that is something to monitor. Um, along those lines, you're probably thinking, well, they got West, they got Ware. 
I really like Ware. I think Ware is clearly the better of those two backs. You know, Charles is the smaller guy, the speed guy. Ware is the power player. West is somewhere in between the two. Um, if Charles is unavailable, of course, they would split time. But I think Ware is going to have a role no matter what. Uh, I think West almost needs Charles to be on the sideline or injured to have a role. But I think Ware is going to be the goal line guy. I think he's going to be the power back. I think they really like him, and they should, because I think he's very impressive on tape. Um, so I, I think they're okay at running back, but not having Charles would be an issue. you know. And back to this Bears-Chiefs game, and Charles wasn't in this game. Um, Alex Smith, though, highly efficient. Uh, the Chiefs just dominated time of possession in this first half. Smith played really well. I have some people that I trust that think Smith is, is ready to take his game up another level. We'll see it. Maybe. I mean, I could buy that. I mean, maybe. Um, I'm not a huge Smith fan. I think any of you realize that. I also catch a lot of heat. I should mention this, too. I mean, I, I historically, from going back to my ESPN days, take a lot of heat. And some of it's in jest, obviously. But from Kansas City fans that I'm a Chiefs hater, I always have them a little lower on my power rankings than they would like. Passionate fans, they also know that I'm not a big Alex Smith fan, which is usually why they're a little lower on my power ranks. But... And I also got some heat that I haven't talked about the Chiefs at all on this podcast. We've been doing this a month, and supposedly I haven't talked about the Chiefs yet. So here we are, talking about the Chiefs. Although it's not great news with the Charles situation. But th- th- it was a pretty dominant performance in the first half by their offense. Time of, po- time of possession. Uh, another Chiefs note I want to mention is Eric Berry is now with the team, too. That's great news. I, mean, I don't think that's a big shock. I don't think anybody thought he was holding out for the season. But got to skip camp, basically. Okay, good for him. I think Kelsey's going to have a gigantic season. Um, I think Macklin is a constant in this passing game, and this might be a reason people are thinking Smith's game steps up. I think Kelsey's going to be, you know, maybe the second best tight end, you know, surpass the Olsen level and never approach Gronk. But I think he could step it up his game and where everybody looks at him and says, yeah, that's the best tight end not named Gronkowski. Yeah, I really like his game. Physical, nasty, good after the catch, go up and get the ball, runs really well. And Conley, the speed player on the outside, combine freak, jumps out of the gym in the vertical, runs really well. I think he gives them an element that they could use too. And I like Albert Wilson, but I think Conley's going to eat into his snaps, um, outside the numbers, speed, you know, open things up a little bit for the running game. And Kelsey, I think Conley's going to have an expanded role. So uh, I talked about where, you know, he was more impressive than West. Um, another chief to certainly talk about is, is Chris Jones. You know, they traded out of the first round, moved back, and he's been one of the stars of preseason. I mean, rookie, rookie defensive lineman, highly, highly talented. You may remember his wardrobe malfunction while running the 40 at the combine. Uh, I thought he would be a 20 to 25 in the draft type of player, fell a little bit. Uh, sometimes his motor runs a little hot, a little cold, but there's tons of ability there. Already a good pass rusher. He's having a great preseason. Um, their defensive line and their front seven is very good in general. Um, although Justin Houston's not going to be around for a while, and they're not getting anything from Tom Bahali yet either, You know, which is kind of along the Jamal Charles vein. Um, but Jones might be their best pass rusher of all their defensive linemen already. And it's a good defensive line, but there's not a great pass rusher in that group. So that's really good news. Uh, the Chiefs had some drops in this game. 
okay, not the end of the world. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey had a, a very easy drop that would have been a big play. And had another drop later in the game, too. Um, I'm not worried about Jeffrey, but there was a lot of Bears drops. And things aren't looking good in Chicago. I'm really... I forget where I had them in their power ranks last time. It wasn't super high. I mean, I want to say they were 25 or so. They might be 30, 31. I mean, this might be a four-win team. And and it's not Cutler. It's the line. Their offensive line's horrible. And, and Long being out, he's really their only good lineman. Uh, I really like their front seven. Um, I think they've rebuilt it really well. I think Freeman, he showed up really well in this game, too. Uh, it's a very athletic group. You know, a first-round pick like Floyd isn't even a starter. It's deep. They have a wide variety of players in their front seven. Um, I think their front seven is fixed, you know, in this massive rebuilding project. But their secondary certainly is not. Their their corners are amongst the worst in the league. Um, and on offense, you know, again, I'm not real worried about Jeffrey, but there's a lot of off-the-field distractions with him. Kevin White doesn't look ready. I really like the player. I love the talent. I don't know that he's going to do a lot this year. He really looks like a fish out of water. Um, Langford, the running back, has played very well, and I'm not a big fan of his, but he's played very well. He's taken his game up a level in his second season. Looks like the clear starter here. Uh, I wanted to mention two guys, though, in the in the front seven of from, from the Bears before I get away from that is uh, Akeem Hicks. Um, Saint CF, he was a he played high school ball in college or in Canada, and then there's college ball in Canada. Come on, Matt. And then the Saints drafted him, traded him to the Patriots for Humuna Mananui. Kind of did that well, who got injured. He's out for the year, I think, too. And then Hicks hit the open market, played really well for the Patriots, hit the open market, and is now a bear. I think he's a difference maker for them. You know, he came in the league very raw. I think he's going to step his game up, be a huge contributor in that front seven. And Jarrell Freeman, it will be the leader of that front seven. He played really well, too. Um, so, again, front seven's really promising. But I'm having a hard time finding other positives about the Bears team right now. You know, in the offense, lost Adam Gase. They don't have much at... The line's bad. I think their running backs and tight ends collectively are below average. Uh, I like their two starting receivers, but if White's not ready, the depth at receiver's bad. Uh, I, I fear the worst right now for the Bears. So uh, go check out Locked on Bears, Locked on Chiefs, you know, to find out more about that game. But uh, Kansas City is just a much, much better team than the Bears right now. Not shocking, but you would think. I, I wish I was more optimistic about Chicago. Anyways, guys, take care. Got another one here in the books. You and I will talk tomorrow. Not sure what we'll do tomorrow. Maybe we'll do power ranks tomorrow. Maybe I'll throw a fantasy nugget or two at you. Just because I you know, want to talk a little bit about um, a couple of small observations I've had from fantasy. Just these next two days that maybe you could take. But again, don't expect me to be throwing you fantasy nuggets all year. Not what this podcast is for. Um, maybe power ranks tomorrow. We might do that. And there's a couple other big topic issues I want to discuss too. I also want to go find the Vegas lines for every team in the league. This is something I do every year and tell you my over-under on it. You know, if the team's at eight and a half, do I think they're going to go over-under? You know, and we're going to do that one show. We're going to do the entire league. Or maybe we'll do NFC one day, AFC the other day. Probably will be next week, though. Uh, All right, guys. Take care. This is fun as always. Talk to you tomorrow.